0: clase trabajadora. Un abrazo y sigamos en pie de lucha, porque esto es San José, pero en todo el país, hoy el pueblo ha salido a las calles a exigirle al gobierno paz allá de atropellos. Ni un paso atrás, compañeros.
1: This is the Tigo Times Dispatch. I'm Alexander Villegas, assistant editor of the Tico Times. For weeks now, the streets of Costa Rica have been bogged down, blocked, and disrupted by protests. The demonstrations began on September 10th, when a coalition of public sector unions called for a general strike to oppose the government's proposed tax reform bill. Here's Ricardo Meléndez, deputy secretary of the Trade Union of Workers at the Banco Popular. Speaking at a protest in San Jose earlier this
2: month. Estamos en la lucha contra el combo fiscal porque no es justo que solo la clase trabajadora tenga que, tenga que pagar todos los impuestos en este país, mientras que las grandes empresas eh, declaran negativos sus ingresos o simplemente eh, las declaran eh, eh, que no tuvieron utilidades y ganancias. Y una empresa que trabaje un año de esta magnitud de grandes empresas es posible es imposible que tenga ingresos en
0: negativo.
2: Entonces ahí es donde nosotros decimos que no es justo que se recargue hacia la clase trabajadora mientras que los grandes empresarios en este país pues evidentemente no
1: pagan sus impuestos. The proposed tax reform bill will raise taxes and cut benefits to public employees, but economists across the board agree that some form of tax reform is needed to avoid financial crisis. Costa Rica ended 2017 with a deficit of 6.2%. Experts expect that number to rise to 7.2% by the end of this year. Some economists predict that if the deficit reaches 9% of GDP, Costa Rica will face hyperinflation and a financial emergency similar to the Greek debt crisis of 2010. Union leaders say the proposed tax reform puts too much of a burden on the working class while the government says 80% of the new tax will come from the top 20% of earners.
0: Entonces yo hablé con los chicos y les dije que yo iba a venir a la
1: huelga
0: para defender los derechos porque nos están pidiendo a todos los empleados, incluyendo de la gente más alta hasta la gente más baja, profesores, policías que paguemos más impuestos cuando realmente no hay crisis porque han robado tanto dinero que no debería existir la crisis, o sea, lo que tienen que hacer es recaudar mejor los fondos, no eludir, porque están eludiendo, están repartiendo las ganancias que tienen para decir que no están teniendo ganancias y así no pagar impuestos y nos están atollando literalmente los los impuestos a nosotros y también nos están congelando salarios, entonces el problema es que si nos congelan los salarios y aumentan impuestos, en cuestión de 10 años vamos a estar todos tirados en la calle, aunque seamos profesionales.
1: Here to help us understand what's in the bill is David Ching. David is a San Jose-based journalist and economist with a master's degree in economic analysis and international trade from the Barcelona Graduate School of Economics. There's been a lot of protests going around in Costa Rica against the proposed tax reform. First of all, what's in this tax reform?
2: Well, the tax reform itself is, is as every Tax reform in Costa Rica for uh, like last century, it's an increase in tax, and that's that's the main reason. There's a lot of protest, you know, everywhere in the world. When you increase taxes, people are unhappy, and people that are unhappy tend to protest. <laughs> that's that's how it works.
1: Uh,
2: perhaps one of the most controversial points of the tax reform. Well, uh, first of all, like if you see the, the 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 protest or the reasons why people are unhappy, even if they are not protesting on that on this tax reform, you will see that th- th- there's a there's not like a unifying clause of the tax reform. Everyone is a little bit unhappy about something there, but like perhaps the most controversial one was the the inclusion of uh, tax to the um, basic goods. Uh, right now, the the. Basic goods are tax exempt, and they're trying to put a 1% tax on basic goods. And what basic
1: goods are these?
2: I, I don't manage the whole list, but basically every, every I think it's every year, I'm not 100% sure, every certain period of time, uh, the Ministry of Economic develops um, a b- basic basket of goods, that they call, call the basic goods, which is what they consider to be necessary for have like a dignified life, to have a good life. Uh, so usually these, these goods are exempt under the pretense that they are important for everyone to have them. So we're talking about, I don't know, rice, milk, eggs, like this is the kind of things that are usually on that basket of goods.
1: And what else? There's also uh, the sales tax. Is proposed to be changed to a value-added tax. Yes. So, what does that mean for people? Uh,
2: basically, uh, in, in in the case of the of the change for the value-added tax, what happens to the final consumer at the end is that a lot of things that are that are tax exempt are going to be taxed, like services, which usually, like right now, it's only. Uh, it's only sales and certain services that are taxed, but right now with with this added uh, added value tax, more services will be taxed. And also, uh, this does not affect so much the final consumer, but it it is a tax among all the productive line. So what it means is that, uh, for example, I, if I sell something, I can deduct part of the tax to the person who sold me the um, the goods I needed to produce my goods. Mm-hmm. So that like that's important because that, that creates a chain where people can actually see who has bought goods and this this helps for example the, the ministry of 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 taxes, I'm not sure how to say it in English, to control uh, how how the money has been going. Because, for example, if, if I can, of course, if I can uh, take some of that tax that I'm paying and put it into somebody else's, I will. So, so that's what they call like, the value-added tax. And, of course, some things that are in the middle of the production are going to be taxed as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And lots of public sector unions are protesting. Uh, how does this tax reform bill affect them?
2: Well, uh there is some parts of the tax reform. Uh, I have to say it's not the majority of the tax reform and that's another reason a lot of people are angry. But there is an important part of the tax reform that states some certain certain constrictions to government expenditure. Uh for example, uh they were talking about right now the the Right now, if you pay so, if, if you if you fire somebody in the public sector, you have to pay one, one salary one salary for each year that this person goes. Right, what what we call it cesantia. I'm not sure what the word is in English. Uh, right now, some institutions have it unlimited. This tax reform put a limit to those um, to those rights. Uh, so, what's
1: the limit now in the proposed?
2: In the proposed, I think is. It's seven years. I, I know in the private sector. I work in the private sector, so I know in the private sector is seven years. Okay. Uh, in the public sector, I think it's twenty at the moment, and they want to to make it equal. I'm not sure if they want to make it equal. I know they want to lower it, and there's other 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 points there of the tax reform that directly address the the um, expenditure of the government, and that's
1: why the government employees are unhappy mm-hmm. and then i guess that brings us to the point of why do we need tax reform why now why is this important uh most if not all
2: uh, economists or all experts will agree I, I can think of just like one or two exceptions but mostly all will agree that it is necessary a tax reform and um, if you want to understand, like, why is it necessary? Like, I, I always like to go to the historical background of of the whole situation. Like, when well, first of all, the the, the necessity for tax reform was first proposed in two thousand two. I think it was proposed during the government of Abel Pacheco. Uh, so we're talking about more than ten years ago. And at that time, uh, like the president Pacheco, he left some uh, superavit on the on, on the on, on, on the public income. So, since he left this, uh, it, that provided a good let's say a a good opportunity for the next government to start do, doing a lot of 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 investments or expenditure from the government. Now, what happens is that in 2008, uh, there was the global crisis, right? As a way to try to make the global crisis impact less Costa Rica than than other countries, uh, the president decided to uh, impose a law that will... I mean, I'm, I'm being extremely simplistic, th- simplistic here, but the most important thing about the law is that Uh, or the most important things for what we're talking about is that it increased the government expenditure a lot, and it increased increased the government expenditure in some things that are not so easy to get rid of later, like hiring people. And also, there there were other reasons, not only that, but there were other reasons that make the 2008 um, a year where... Late 2008, early 2009, a year where, where the government started expanding st- starting expending a lot, and that's why President Chinchilla, after President Arias, uh, she decided to propose a tax reform. As uh, and, and as we remember, that failed. So the problem didn't stop there.
1: Why did that tax reform fail?
2: Well, to pass a law in Costa Rica, it's really hard. Like, it has to go to the Congress. And in the Congress, it has to go to... First, it has to be presented as a project of law. Then it has to go to the First Commission. In the First Commission, they make a lot of discussion. I'm so oversimplifying again. Then it goes to um, to the whole Congress for a debate, what we call plenario, uh, which is the moment right now. Then it goes to a, to a, to a, to a, to a consultation with the Constitutional Court. Then it comes back to the Congress. And even after that, the president can uh, promote can a veto on the law. So there's, there's a lot of things going on here. But basically after the first debate, what we call the first debate, which is when it goes to plenario, they, they pass to, constitutional, uh, to the Constitutional Consultation on the Constitutional Court. And some congressmen, including by the way one that is now Ministry of Communications of the government which I think like he's regretting that decision <laughs> uh, he asked he requested for some revisions that ultimately make the Constitutional Court said that not the tax reform itself but the process by the ta- by the way the tax reform was made uh, was incorrect so the whole process was go- was thrown to the floor and when a whole process like this is thrown to the floor it's almost impossible for a president to actually make it back because there's so much political resistance already and there's so much like political capital being spent that it's almost impossible so that failed and so what happens is that we are spending more than what we are getting from taxes now this is this doesn't sound as bad if you see that most of the countries actually do that but the thing is that um like the countries do why do the countries do this? The countries do this because they can ask for money. They can ask lenders to lend their money. Uh, now lenders will only lend their money if they are sure that the government will pay back. And If you see like that there has been 10 years or 12 years which in, we, we, in which the, the, the increase of expenditures have outpassed. Buy a lot. The increase of the capacity of the government to 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 get taxes. Then you start saying like perhaps the government will not pay me, mm-hmm. and then you start doubting if it's a good idea to 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 lend the government, right? So you you're gonna go like, well, you know, I'm gonna lend you, but uh, perhaps if if you give me a ten percent interest instead instead of a five percent interest, and if you give me back my money in one year instead of ten years, like. And that is what is happening now. People like the, the 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 institutions that are learning the government are not sure that the government will pay back. So this is that's what's happening at the moment pretty much. And because it's a problem that has been going for twelve years, it, it's come to a point where you know it's now or we might be in great trouble.
1: And what would that great trouble look like?
2: If the government goes and says like I cannot pay this money, the the institutions that lend money to government will say Okay, then I will not give you money. I will not lend you
1: mm-hmm.
2: again. And then the government will not have money to operate. And then we 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 will be talking about social. We we could be talking. I mean, I'm not gonna say like we would be talking because it, it changes every every situation of default or negotiations of debts have gone differently. It has never gone right. I want to, <laughs> I will say it has never gone good, but it has gone less good and bad. Good, it has less bad or. Or more bad. So basically, the um, uh, basically what happens is that the, the government will will have to get into agreements for this, and they will probably say like, I'll have to cut. Uh, I don't know social programs. I I I like th- that. That is the situation, you know. Like the institutions that lend money to the government will say like, I will lend you money again. If you assure me that you're gonna pay for me. So you'll have these social programs that is uh that a lot of your people are depending on, you know, like social programs for poverty or for education. But I, I am not sure if that is going to generate you the income that I need for for the money that I pay you. So cut that and then I'll pay you money again. I'll lend you money again. So this is the kind of things that can happen. And we can be talking about government institutions being shut down. We can be talking about social programs being shut down, and we can be talking about uh, interest rates going sky skyrocketing. Uh, so this is the kind of things that could happen.
1: So union leaders are saying that this tax reform puts too much of a burden on the working class. Uh, President Carlos Alvarado recently said that 80% of the new tax new tax revenue will come from the top 20% of Costa Rican earners. So where, in, according to your estimates or what you know, uh, which one of those well, is?
2: Right now, the only estimates that we have that we actually, or at least the only estimates that I have actually seen are the ones from the government. So I, I cannot say that I trust the government absolutely in those estimates. but. But it does feel weird that we don't have estimates of this kind from the union leaders. So I cannot, I, I cannot actually say uh, why the union leaders are saying this. What I can tell you is because it is putting a higher tax on, on, on things that we all need. And that affects, of course, the working class high, much more than, than anybody else. Or, or the low, let's not say working class, low-income class. Because the, the low income the people with low income are the ones that, you know, like if if the, the, the sales tax of one percent is for everyone. Uh, but it, it that one percent is more hard to bear for people who have low income. So because there is like a bulk of 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 the tax reform that goes from that. That is why I think most a lot of union leaders are saying this. And so what else do protesters want? It's uh, They presented, I think, 38 points to make the tax reform more progressive. Uh, I don't manage the 38 of them. I know they want to get rid of the value-added tax for the basic basket of goods. Uh, they want to... Put this sub-capitalization uh, motion in order. They wanted to put a higher uh, corporate tax as well, and I—that's—that's I that's what comes to my mind at the moment.
1: And does it? Do you think it also has a chance of failing, like chinchigo's proposed tax reform? Uh,
2: that's a hard one. <laughs> it's really hard to predict the future at the, at this moment. Um, the, the the thing is that right now we're in the middle of a strike we're in the middle of public protest that that, that and the public protest whether we like it or not it's at the end a, a a show of strength who has more strength if the if if the unions or the government and well as of yesterday there was still no signs of conciliation now we have some signs so i i, I really cannot know I think is like I think it's a necessary um it's a necessary tax reform. Most people most economists agree that it is necessary to do something about the public finances right now. And what, what's hard is that uh a lot of people, for example, say that we need to cut to cut expenditure before thinking of high of, of raising taxes. Uh the problem with that is that if, if we cut expenditure We're going to see on a a longer run, like if we cut expenditure today, we're going to see the the effects of that on two or three years. Those are two or three years that we don't have anymore. We have them when Chinchilla put her tax reform on on the map. But right now, we don't seem to have that, that, that time.
1: How much time do we have?
2: I don't know. Like the last thing I heard is that they are putting interest rates like the, the the government is lending at, I think was 9% on a year on yearly, yearly debt, which means that we probably have like one year. Again, this is my opinion, but if, if this tax reforms uh, fails, I would start thinking of renegotiating debt, like immediately. If If you... Get yourself caught into this spiral you know where where things just seems to get worse and worse and worse and worse sometimes it's better to say like you know give me the punch in the head right now and then we get together but the cost of sustaining this is it might be higher than the the punch of renegotiating debt which at the end i
1: might have to do anyway <laughs> so how would that compare to the financial crisis the country lived through in the 80s?
2: Well, in the 80s, the financial crisis happened by basically the same reasons. There was The, the, the government was, for what I understand, I, I was not living in the 80s, but for what I understand, it was a, it, it was a more dis, disorganized um, state. Like a lot of the institutions did not have so much control on their expenditures and a lot of the debt was foreign debt. So what happened is that suddenly we were run out of dollars and if if the central bank runs out of dollars, which the central bank is the institution in charge of, of managing the money in, in a country, if the central bank goes out of dollars, there's, there's two options, like buying dollars to pay the debt or saying no to the debt. So what happens is that they 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 run out of dollars and then they decided to say no to the debt. What happened? Um, well, inflation goes went to the roof, and a lot of the public institutions were needed to be slashed out, pretty much. If it's gonna be worse or. Or, or better, that depends a lot on if, if, if we have to renegotiate the debt, that depends a lot of the terms of nego- of, 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 ne- of negotiations that we get from that debt. Also, I'm not sure how much the problem of the 80s regarding the debt was worse than it is right now, but we, we're definitely going on the same road and, and that's worrisome.
1: And how long did it take the country to recover last time?
2: <sighs> that, that's also a hard question because some economists will Pretty much argued that we are still suffering from the consequences of that, and I, I can, I cannot say that that's not true. You no, know, after the '80s, uh, inequality started growing in Costa Rica, and it hasn't stopped. Like a lot of government institutions were slashed out, and that that took a lot of people's income out, and a lot of families have not yet been able to recover from that hit. It did took a toll. And that toll is still today, Uh, we're still suffering from that in a lot of senses.
1: That's it for this edition of the Tico Times Dispatch. My guest was Costa Rican journalist and economist David Ching. My name is Alexander Viegas, assistant editor of the Tico Times. This podcast was produced by me and Alejandro Suniga. The Tico Times Dispatch is edited by Alexander B. Kim. Music by Jordan Block. Thanks for listening and check out www.ticotimes.net for more English language news from Costa Rica and Central America.